Good afternoon, Patriots. And today is Tuesday, January 31st, the end of January, the first full month in the year of 2023. And we have seen a lot of things happen over this last month. Incredible pace. In fact, it feels more like about six months of any normal year, if there is such a thing as normal. With that, keep in mind that they are continuing to squeeze in every way possible everything that's around us to try to force us to comply to their will. And the one thing that we always have is our free will and choice of whether to participate in their visions of hell or to walk within the power of God. Part of that as well is to make sure that we're, res- that we're responsible and reasonable about what we're doing to protect what we have been given and what we are here to steward. So one of those things to take consideration of is how you're handling your investment and your wealth. And that's one of the great reasons we have Birch Gold. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turned a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There is zero obligation to make this request. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Birch Gold. Again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. This is the best way to start the new year. Well, we are at the end of the month of the new year. And that's where we have arrived, still in one piece. I'm going to focus a little less on the news today and a little bit more on perspective. There's a few things we'll touch on in the headlines, and then I want to dig into some stuff about just perspective. We obviously have a a continuing insanity in our capital and in our leadership. What is happening around us right now is a continuing unraveling of this mRNA death shot. And it's starting to hit home and wake a lot of people up. Sadly, it's taking on some strange and almost expected turns. There's a piece that was published today, and it was put out in one of the med- one of the medical students uh, put this out, and literally, his name was Kevin Bass, essentially making the argument that they were mistaken and made an error with mRNA kind of going to this apologetic approach that, sorry, we did this and we paid a price. But you notice this is the sort of arrogance of we paid a price when they haven't suffered. This is going to continuing to be a challenge for the nation. 
in looking at many of the comments of this, it's in this is kind of the dividing line of a nation because many people are re, uh, responding to this sort of approach with those that are waking up on the inside that were responsible for delivering and promoting, advocating, and threatening those who didn't take it to take the vax. But the there's typical response now is this from those that are hearing these apologies, which is apologies not accepted. I don't disagree with that. This gets back to this place of forgiving heart and releasing them from accountability. The biggest challenge that we're going to have going forward is not to approach this with a vengeful heart. And this is the time when we are have to get really clear, in my opinion, on that grounding. And it's a very difficult thing, I think, for us to do because we associate so often forgiving in the heart from reduction in accountability. I've spoken at length about this. I'm not going to beat it to death today. But the point is that this is where we gain our strength is not letting their burdens and their guilt and the injury they've done to us turn us into vengeful subjects. We're very clear in our walk. Sure. You know, I understand you've come to, my response will be great. I'm glad you've come to a greater awakening. There is still accountability for your actions. And so I'll pray for you to that you'll see that way, that you'll put yourself before Father God, that you'll take that responsibility to repent. But repentance doesn't mean that you're excused from the action. And this is the part that where God then is given the responsibility to deliver justice. And that justice doesn't mean that it's only by God's hand. God can guide us as he did with Joshua to lead a fight to Jericho and ultimately break the walls and slay everybody inside. That is one form of justice. And there's many others. But the the issue here that we have as a nation, as I would say those that are truly walking with God, is to avoid the pitfall of vengeance. Because there is a lot of anger right now, and rightfully earned, by the way. Just make sure that the anger is driven as righteousness, because anger is normal. And you should have some anger. If, you, if a person's walking around here without a form of righteous anger at this point in time, you're, checked into the, you're not checked into my reality. But the righteous anger line between that and vengeance is a slippery one if we're not careful. And so that's really where our prayer focus is essential and our, relationship with, our true relationship with Father God is so critical. But there is a, there is a hand of justice moving. And it's not necessarily moving the way we want or at the pace we want, but it is moving. And part of that justice is the fact that those criminals and these psychopaths that have been involved in this are not only being exposed, but they're being held now accountable for those that they never expected to be awake. It's a critical moment. This year is a huge year. 2023, I believe, will redefine a lot in this battle space. And there's going to be a lot of junctures that we have to face going forward and decisions that we're going to have to make as a society. Do we want to continue to be a society of convenience and let AI assume the control of our world? Do we going to try to bargain with AI and, as Elon Musk wants us to do, merge with it to save our humanity? Or do we want to just flip the switch and say no more and go back to go forward? You know that's where I stand. Patriots, it's 11 minutes after the hour. Time for us to wage some spiritual war. Prayers up. Father God, I want to begin today just humbly putting ourselves before you and thanking you for all that you bring in this world. 
we get very wrapped up in these issues around us and forget the power and the glory of all that you do bring into our lives. And so I'm going to speak today in his prayer for others to hear and to join in as they choose in the ways that each person resonates with this story. But This is dedicated to a friend of mine who has walked a similar path in war as I have. A friend that I just spoke to just a little bit ago who has been struggling with a lot of the frustrations of watching a country being stolen after years of service, of watching a country being ripped from him, watching people and loved ones he has in his life suffering from the consequences of this death shot, doing what he can to hold the line, and then you touched him. You touched him with the power of the Holy Spirit. Something that he's he shared that he even spoke of that he hadn't he couldn't even understand. And his own pastor was when he asked his pastor one day why his pastor was so often in tears, and his pastor told him it's the Holy Spirit. And his and his truth that he just shared with me just a bit ago is a reminder for us all. And as what he told me were these words, "Dude, I get it. I've been I've started crying when it touched me, and all I want is more of it now." Father, let us remember the true power of the Holy Spirit in this, in this hour. Let us all be reminded that we are walking a very difficult path, all of us. One foot in the trenches and one foot in kingdom. And the problem is that when we put that foot solidly in the trench, we can easily put both feet in the trench and think that we're not there, and yet we are. And we lose touch and balance in this walk it's a difficult walk that we all have to go through in order to appreciate the true nature of the narrow gate. This walk is one that is demanding of us that we balance the true power of the Holy Spirit and the glories of heaven, but embrace the reason that we're here in this physical form. This is a walk that we have to understand that what we're witnessing as painful as it is, is nothing to you. Though it seems like life-ending or life-changing to us, we pray that we can be reminded and constantly be reminded that no matter what we face, whether it is a communist government, a tyranny, an oppressive dictatorship, a corporate-run world, or even a people's republic, our, chain, our path, our responsibilities never change, that we're here in this time to do a singular mission, to awaken people to the love in Christ and to help them see that there is a path that they can follow by their own free will to return home. That in itself is a miraculous accomplishment as we do. And with that, you've given us amazing tools if we trust in you and truly walk within that power that you've blessed us with. You have given us the power to cast out demons and authority to do so. You've given us the power and authority to heal. You've even given us the power and authority to raise the dead. So, Father, we're humbled, truly, in this hour. We're humbled in reflection of all that we face. 
and the challenges that are put before us, knowing that those challenges, we're not walking alone. And so the story of my friend is, is a, a beautiful and simple and powerful reminder that once we're truly touched by the Holy Spirit, the only thing that limits that connection is us. If we're going to bury ourselves into the anger and frustrations of this world, turn ourselves into hateful and vengeful people, grind on the fears and frustrations that this system wants us to believe in, we are ourselves walking away from the gift that Christ gave us. We ourselves are making that choice. Whether we want to acknowledge that as a choice or not, we are doing it. What we're reminded of is you are always there. You are always there in the fullness of all that you are. You are always there for us. You have never walked away from us. The only break in the relationship that occurs is when we choose to walk alone and to walk away from you, which, Father, takes us back to the original conflict between who we now call Lucifer and you, the fallen, where you have always held that the greatness of our inheritance will be built on our willfulness to return by our own free will to your love. So, Father, forgive us for the transgressions. And Jesus, in this time right now, hear our hearts. We're seeking the true relationship in kingdom. We're seeking that true and intimate relationship with you, Jesus, and through you, Jesus, to our Father. Where we have stumbled is by our own hand, and we acknowledge that. But when we're touched and reminded by the power of the Holy Spirit, may we all seek it more than ever and do whatever is necessary to humble ourselves to find it. We need to avoid the traps of living into the stories and narratives which the enemy wants us to believe in and rather anchor ourselves in the power of the word and living in the voice of you, Lord, that guides us each and every day. This is the era of the storyteller. And the storytellers of God will win. It doesn't mean it will be easy. It doesn't mean this walk will be as we want it to be. It doesn't mean that this walk will happen in our lifetime, the success of this. But we must remember the parable of seeds and remember that we are sowing seeds everywhere we go and we don't know which seeds will take root. We don't always know even where the fertile ground is, but we know that the seeds must nonetheless be cast and sown. So, Father, again, thank you. Thank you for all that you give in each of our lives. Let us take time in our days to thank you and praise you for all that we have, as simple or as grand. Let us embrace that what's around us is by your hand. Let us embrace that, what you've, that all that we have is given by you. Let us acknowledge each and everything that we have. Not because we're materially obsessed, but because each thing that is in our lives is because of you. Let us find that association in all that we have and all that we do in every step and breath we make. To set ourselves firmly and more profoundly on that rock of faith. So that as we walk in this world, we walk as men and women of God. You, your children, Father. 
not subjects of this Babylonian hell that they want us to be submissive to because we will not bow. And with the strength and power of the Holy Spirit within us, we will bring the supernatural powers of you, God, into this world. Guide us, protect us, lead us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This is a, I will just give my own testimony here. I think it's an important one to hear because this walk is not linear and this walk isn't perfect. And this walk often looks like a sine wave. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're on midway, sometimes we're at the pit. And it happens and we oscillate. I'm very grateful, as I've mentioned many times, to the friends that I have and counsel that I have in my life. Through great counsel, we wage war. And I am literally blessed to have a number of amazing voices in my life. And you've heard from many of them. I've tried to have them on here to share what they share, what we share together and what they share with me. One of those I've mentioned is Pastor Brad Cummings, a close friend and an amazing counsel. And so, you know, we face those moments when those types of counsels are that voice of Father himself. We need to have a good counsel around us. We can't just walk in this world just with prayer. It is by, that, by design that we should have people around us that we can pray with and trust in in their word. Because Father works through all things to speak to us, in particular trusted advisors. Brad's one of those. I won't kid you, last night after the Fisher show, which was a, I enjoyed the show immensely. It was a very different approach, and it was just what Father put on my heart. Brad gave me a call, and we talked for a while, and I found myself all of a sudden walking into this bizarre path, dark. My responses, the, the things we were discussing about were literally like, even when I reflect back on it, it's like if you want to talk about Satan grabbing hold of you all of a sudden. It was a fatalist approach to things, and it was just almost like I was outside of who I was speaking. And I, I am not kidding you. This is I, I was rebuked as hard as I've been rebuked by any friend. And it was just this great experience of hearing the boldness and authorita- authoritativeness that Father can bring through other people to shake us from these missteps that we may make. And then to get us back on path because we have great pet counsel. And to keep our eyes focused and to remind ourselves of one thing. This world, he can fix this in a heartbeat. There's nothing here that God can't fix or correct. But here's the beautiful thing. God is letting us work with him through this process. He's drawing us through this process so that more and more we're, we're realizing that we can't walk without him. We've talked about this infinitely across the, the 2,000 plus shows. And there's a wealth of knowledge and experience that we've all grown with together here. But even then, we can get waylaid. We have that momentary gap in our armor. And let me tell you, Satan doesn't waste any time of jumping in with his little minions of hell. And they don't waste any time of trying to get into your head. And ultimately, 
when we're centered on God, we'll work through it. But the glorious thing about having great friends and counselors around us, I would just say great friends who function as counsel in our lives, is that God's able to work immediately and administer triage, if you will, instantly to purge that evil and to get us back in line. Because God loves us. He's not going to let us wander. If we choose to wander and defy him and reject him, that's another thing. But he's infinitely aware that we're all subject to this craziness that's around us. You know, Brad reminded me last night of the young lady that I witnessed through a deliverance process when I was down at Glad Tidings Church a few months ago, where we literally watched somebody who could not hardly could hardly walk and was having all sorts of personal issues in even functioning in life in a process of about 24 hours completely transformed to coming to church smiling conversating things that she hadn't done for years all through a deliverance process and we forget these moments sometimes. We skew away and we forget just how profound and how boldly God can heal and what he can do. I, I have a martial side of me. It will never leave. That is part of what God put me on this earth for. And I have a really close relationship with many people who truly have a martial side. And I won't kid you, it's a difficult part of the walk because there is a default that we often want to resort to, to pick up the sword of steel before we lead with the sword of spirit. God's also given me something else. He gave me the ability to fight a war through information, a skill set that was literally born on the battlefield and put me in this time here for reasons he understands. The thing is, I tell you that story because each and every one of us has that story in us. Whatever that is, we have that story. And that story is ours if we listen to him. And so this walk with one foot in the trenches and one foot in kingdom, there are people that will have a difficult time putting a foot in trenches because they're very much solid in kingdom and others that will have a difficult time keeping the balance because we want to solve the problem in the trenches. But we all have to walk that duality because that's part of our walk here. Now, to kind of close the loop on today's show, I want to encourage you to listen to last night's Fishers of Men if you have not, and this is why. And we're going to be speaking a lot more about this on tonight's Fishers and going forward. Part of our problem is that we define fighting and revolution in physical and lethal terms. But last night... God had put on my heart to talk about bread, making bread. And I just want you to visualize this, and we'll pick up this conversation again tonight in Fishers, but I just want you to visualize this. Let's just, in this imaginary world we're going to create, that every household in America decided that instead of buying bread, it would make bread again. No more buying at the store. I want you to walk through your thinking of how massive that is. That's a form of revolution. The things that it affects are things like supply chains, delivery to stores that no longer able to sell bread, changes in suppliers because they now have to stock up more on raw material, which is flour. 
Those are just the, those are just the mechanics of the system. You're literally you can obliterate whole businesses by a choice of doing something ourselves. There's a forced structural change that the system has to address. And then if they try to try to take flour away from people, people get upset. There's a counter reaction to that. But then even on the positive, you start making bread, you want to share bread. It changes our social relationships at a local level. It changes our household with aromas and experience of something handmade. And the more we do it and we connect with the Holy Spirit, it brings the Holy Spirit in through another vehicle. All that through making bread. And that's what God was really leading me to last night that revealed very profoundly to me this morning in prayer. Revolution does not have to be a musket or a sword. Revolution is a mindset of letting the Holy Spirit work with us together in the one body to define truly what unity and power in the body of Christ is like and how profound a change it makes. And it begins with small victories. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Bards FM. We have a great guest on tonight. We're going to talk about border security and what's going on down at the border. So until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. 
not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 